Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. You know what really bums me out? That there is a ton of customization available for brides and bridesmaids for their wedding attire. But when it comes to us guys, it seems like we've got way less options. That's why we love the Naughty Tie Company. Not naughty as in naughty, but naughty as in, you know, tying the knot. Yeah. Anyway, the Naughty Tie Company has ties, bow ties, and pocket squares that are totally customizable. You can match colors or patterns to things like bridesmaids dresses, flowers, your table linens, or really whatever you'd like. And everything is printed and sewn right in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near us here in Philly, but that's not the point. So if you go to NaughtyTie.com slash ring, they are going to hook you up with free design service from one of their amazing designers. That's easily like $20 you're going to save just for being a Put a Ring on a Podcast listener. That's K-N-O-T-T-Y-T-I-E dot com slash R-I-N-G. Hey everyone, welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast, a podcast for anyone who wants tips, tricks, and terrible dad jokes. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and lover of a good pair of jeans. And I'm Daniel Pasternak, wedding planner, Hufflepuff, and Thunderbird. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 32 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We are back after a nice little vacation. Did you guys miss us? Did you miss doing this, Danielle? Did I, you miss? I miss doing this, but vacation was also rather nice, I will admit. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Where'd you go? Oh, we went out to California. We went to the West Coast. Whoop, whoop. Which oh, from the East Coast. You can't say that. Isn't that like a, like a thing? You don't want to do that. You don't want to say that. I don't want to say what? That I went to the West Coast? No, you can't go whoop, whoop if you're from the... I'm whooping over my my trip. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fine. Oh my goodness, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to be paranoid. Guys, please don't send hate mail. I just whooped whooped over the trip, I swear. We like the East Coast. We like the West Coast. We like them both. Yeah. Well, I mean, we live on the East Coast-ish, so. Yeah. Yeah. So safe to say. It was a long flight, and we had a ball. I got to go to um, Universal, which means I got to go to Hogwarts. We um, Mm -hmm. are proud to say that we've added three new wands to our harry potter wand collection how was the flight out there brutal <laughs> <laughs> guys i don't Why was fly it well i do not fly well mike up until this trip thought that i was always scared to fly i am so not scared to fly i mean other than like 
normal like, okay, here we go. But nothing about flying scares me. I just get very sick in planes, which makes flying really no fun. So, but yeah, but the flight back was actually much more enjoyable. So... It was it was worth it and a good time and we got to spend time with family and we did a lot of like adventuring and I ate a whole lot of new foods that I don't normally eat, which also my stomach did not appreciate, but we're good now. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm glad you guys got to do a little family stuff, got to hang out. Speaking of family stuff, we got to do uh, a nice little family vacation. We went down to Myrtle Beach, uh, visited my mother-in-law. We stayed at her beach house and uh, we took our daughter down. 13 months old she is and uh let me tell you that it's much different vacationing with a baby than when you just go like the two of you turns out there's it's it's a big difference um but (laughs) who knew she like (laughs) she took to the the beach pretty well it was really awesome to to see her uh unsure of the ocean unsure of the sand for the first couple days and then then just like start hoofing it like running down towards the water and like letting the waves splash on her and and really hitting her and knocking her over um so some some very happy very proud dad moments that's for sure that's awesome we actually had a big um a big moment in our house too when we were on vacation the one night we actually stayed at a hotel we went to uh legoland which we're a big Lego household. And um, the little guy in our house, um, we all went swimming in the pool. And normally he is not a fan of getting his face wet. And um, has he's he's in like tons of swimming lessons. He's a really good swimmer, but like just doesn't like that, like going underwater aspect. And yeah. overnight he turned into a fish. We could not stop him from like jumping off the wall and like swimming underwater and doing all this crazy stuff. Like he just he just I don't know if he saw his like older cousins sort of jumping in and having a ball. But he uh-huh. we were so proud of him. Like he is doing so great and he's just like fearless. So we were like. My uh, my partner Mike and I we were just like holding back tears because we were just so proud of him because he was doing Aww. such big things. So, yay! Good yeah. job, little guy. Yeah, so That's fun exciting. stuff. Cool. So we're back, um, and we hope to be back for the rest of season three without any more long extended breaks. <clears throat> <laughs> but we are planning for the end of this episode. Uh, we are planning to do another um, Q and A episode like we did at the end of season one. So a lot of people have been sending in their questions, but if you have a question that you want answered, feel free to send it in, and we will do our best to include it in that episode. And if not, we will yep. also do our best to shoot you back a reply. Um, just That's takes good. us a few days sometimes, but we will get back to you. So, yeah. <laughs> This episode is going to be uh, a good one, I think. It's going to be uh, a really fun one, but it's also going to be one that Danielle and I are very passionate about, some of the topics that we talk about, just because, you know, things that we've seen over the past couple of years. Know that, like, regardless, again, you know, this is our mantra, I think, on this uh, podcast is, you know, do what's right for you. Some of these regrets might not be your regrets, um, but just step back and think about them and allow them to just inform your planning process and how you approach your wedding day. Mm-hmm. So... Without further ado, the top 15 wedding regrets. Bum, bum, Danielle, I know number one is um, is something you're pretty passionate about, and that is what? Yep, not having some sort of planner, coordinator, day of coordinator, wedding day manager, whatever you want to call it. And just <laughs> shouldering that burden and trying to do everything yourself, right? Exactly. So... Um, I think it's very easy going into a wedding to say, I've got this. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. we've said it time and time again, you don't know what you don't know. 
Um, and also full disclaimer, I should tell everybody, I am battling an awful cough and an awful cold. So pardon my any bit of frogginess and my like trying to hold back coughs as I talk through this. But anyway, <laughs> so you don't know what you don't know and you don't really know how you're going to feel all of the tasks that are sort of going to start dumping onto your plate as you enter those final weeks just before you're actually getting married. And yeah. in that time of your life, there's really no worst time almost to have suddenly all this influx of to do suddenly landing in your lap because your friends and family are coming in from out of town. You've got this major celebration that you're so looking forward to. You're probably maybe planning a honeymoon soon after. Like there's a lot going on and there's only so much on top of everything that you normally do on a day-to-day basis on top of work, on top of, you know, cleaning the house on top of taking care of uh, the dogs or the cats and um, you know, everything on top of just everything that you have to do on a normal basis, you also have this huge other layer of things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Which is, trust me when I say, I know this better than anyone, a full-time job. So it really yeah. comes down to trusting the many, many articles and the many, many wedding professionals out there that say, if you do anything, make sure you have someone that is hired, that is professional, that will have your back for you as you go into that wedding day so that you can actually just step back and soak every Everything in and really yep. just just enjoy it top to bottom because this is your yeah. this is your one day you guys and I don't want to put that like hey you know you only get one shot and and you know like that insurance fear like hey you know it's it's a scary thing but it it really is and and trust me when I say everyone that I know who's had a day of planner of some sort has said fully it's one of the best investments they made yep. throughout the wedding absolutely yeah, uh, I'm right there with you on that one. It, you, I mean, hiring you was one of the best investments that we made because like, you know, wh- when your day arrives, like it's it's your wedding day, right? Like, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to be there on your wedding day and you want to say hi to them. You want to spend as much time with them. So the the least amount of distractions that you can have, the less you can have on your plate on that wedding day, on your wedding day the better you're going to be. So like I always talk to my couples about, you know, like I have a very important job on the wedding day, right? But on the list of important people there, I'm very low. So they should not be spending a lot of time with me outside of like the photo time. They should just be spending time with their guests. And the more stuff you can get taken off of your plate, by having someone, a dedicated person who knows your wedding just as well as you do, if not better, that's, irreplaceable that's that's invaluable how amazing is that to have somebody who you can just count on to make decisions for you to um help you just be completely stress-free and not have to worry about the details when your day arrives just to worry about friends family and fun the three f's (laughs) the three f's what was it friends family and fun wow fun yep that's nice very insightful I know it is, Dan. Um, I I honestly think like when I work with my couples, um, when the wedding day comes, there's so many different things that we've planned for and prepared for. But even the most like perfect plan when it goes into place, it it doesn't always there's there's things outside of that that can affect it, that can change it. And you have to roll with it. And I can't tell you how many days I spend on, um, you know, how much time I spend on a wedding day talking with transportation drivers, making sure we have all the guests on board. Uh, You know, if they're stuck in traffic, rerouting them to a different route. If I if the baker's running late, we're figuring out how to get the flowers onto the cake without anybody realizing that the cake was late. There's there's so many different things that can happen. And 
if you don't have that point person, the, the the all of your vendors and all of those people around you are going to go to to you as the couple, and um, it just it takes you away, it pulls you away from everything that's going on. And as a as a coordinator myself, like that's my job. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be able to step out. I'm like very lucky to have assistants that are able to stay there if I need to step out and make a phone call. But it's it's really one of those things. I can't tell you how invaluable it is. And I I guess that's super biased coming from me. But but just trust us when we say that. All right, let's move on to the next one before I I, I beat a dead horse here. <laughs> um, another one that uh, I hear occasionally, and I know some of my couples have said, is not having a videographer, right? Um, and I battle this one back and forth because I think that photography has a lot of strengths, and I think that videography has a lot of strengths. And initially, I think I was naive when I was going into, or maybe biased when I was going into our wedding, that like, oh, I don't need a videographer because like, you know, I'm a more of a picture person, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now looking back on it, like, I really wish I had, you know, a copy of what our ceremony was. I really wish that um, I had a video of all the speeches, you know, because like, how often is it that like you get to hear what somebody actually thinks of you? And my cousin Ryan is somebody who I I greatly respect. And, um, you know, we grew up together and we promised each other when we were like 12 years old that we were going to be best men in each other's weddings. And we were. And he took it very seriously. And um, he, you know, like that, that meant a lot to me. But I don't have a copy of his speech. I think when you're in the moment like that, too, you're listening to the toast and, and this like this mm-hmm. wonderful speech that they're giving and you're reacting to it. But afterwards, you sort of say like, I just wish I remember what they said because it meant so much to me. But I was so like caught up in the moment. I wasn't obviously making mental notes or writing it down. Um, it's it's definitely one of those things. A, a videographer is is not necessarily a must have when it comes to a wedding. Neither is a photographer or a planner or yep. a florist or a baker or a caterer. None of those things are must haves when it comes to a wedding. Um, I do oh. know videographers tend to be lower on the list because you know it's it's just maybe not as high on the priority as as some other things. But just keep in mind those moments throughout the day where it just might be nice to have it captured. Mm-hmm. from more than just a still photo way like maybe you yeah. know it might just be really nice to have that audio um that audio moment captured um yep. in, in the same or way, like so. or like when the impromptu dance party broke out while you guys were like toasting with mimosas in the morning getting your hair and makeup done or um or like when one of your groomsmen accidentally slipped up and uh, said something really silly and you caught it on tape or something really inappropriate and mm-hmm. you got it on tape and now you can hang it over his head as blackmail for the rest of his life. Right. You know, like that's Priorities, the kind of stuff guys. that we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just something to consider, that's for sure. Right, and it, it goes down to priorities, too. If if those moments in your life aren't important to you, like for me, I grew up with my parents having a camcorder attached to their shoulder. I feel like I have my entire childhood on VHS <laughs> tapes, which at this point, not so great because I have no way of playing these VHS tapes, but I love that I have these memories, and I love it more than I love the photos that I have from it, but that's me personally. Yeah. Um, speaking of priorities... Um, another one that we hear, and this is something you might, uh, understand or have clarity on after your wedding is overspending on things that don't matter, uh, or that right. didn't matter. Um, if you don't care about it and it doesn't make your guests experience higher or, or doesn't improve their, their experience, ditch it, just get rid of it. Um, 
on a more practical level, I guess, you know, no one says that you have to spend five or ten thousand dollars on a wedding dress or nobody says that you have to spend twenty thousand dollars on flowers. Um, if your dress costs fifty dollars and you absolutely love it, if it makes you feel beautiful, if it makes you um, excited for your wedding day, that's all that matters. Right. Like that's 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 it. Um, it doesn't make you any less of a, of a bride, you know. 100%, Dan. I think it's so easy to um, hear the word wedding and then go right into saying, okay, well, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. And then you have to step back and say, well, why do we need this? Like, d- yep. do we really want this? Um, like Dan said, if, if you have a budget of $20,000 for your wedding for flowers alone, because flowers make you insanely happy and you've always dreamed of getting married in this beautiful garden and, and all this stuff, then if that makes sense to you, that's what you do. But if you're not that person and you're like allergic to flowers, Dear jeepers, get away from the flowers and, you know what I mean, put that money towards something else that does matter to you or don't spend that money on your wedding period and like put it towards your rent payment or mortgage or something. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's we've definitely touched on that before. Um, Ah, crap. I forgot what I was just going to say. Oh, yeah. We've definitely touched on that before. It really comes down to just making those like top three to five priorities and saying, okay, these are the things that we want to invest the most in. What are they? And then uh, taking money from your budget or, or from other areas of your budget, if you need to, and shoring up and being able to invest in those things that mean the most to you, prioritizing those. Exactly. And don't feel like you have to necessarily share with friends or family what you're spending um, on a wedding or on a specific thing. I think it's easy to say, oh, well, we spent, you know, X amount of money on our photographer. We're spending this much money on whatever. You know, I think I think we live in a a social media world where we we overshare some of that information a little too much. I'm certainly guilty of it, too. Um, But it's comes down to no one needs to know what you spent on your the outfit that you're going to wear or the shoes you're going to wear. If your shoes came from Payless because they're comfortable and amazing and pretty, 100% those are the most perfect shoes for you because you love them. So it's it's just what it comes down to is um, what we preach constantly on the show. But just don't feel like you have to share that information if you feel like the person you're sharing it with is going to sort of respond with some sort of like, oh, you know, disappointment, you're doing that, you know, it's, yep. that's, that's really what it comes down it's to. It's because um, the things that they value might be mm-hmm. different than what you value. So if you say, Hey, I'm spending $5,000 on my wedding album and they say, what? Or I'm spending $50 on my flowers. And they're just like, wait, 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 wait. Like those two things might be completely different for them. What they value might be completely different and that's okay. Exactly. All right, Dan, let's move on to uh, wedding, wedding regret. I need to learn how to say this. Wedding, wedding regret. Guys, all together now. <laughs> wedding wedding regret. regret. Ah, I did it. Um, number four. Mm. Not yeah. setting aside time for photos. So uh, this one I think is going to vary across many photographers, right? Like, like what they need and what they want. But I think the one thing that most every photographer would get behind is what they need from you is trust and time. You know, like however, whatever, however much time they need, I would suggest trying to find a way to make that fit into your wedding day. So I come from the standpoint that, and I I think I've just mentioned a little bit about this, that uh, on the wedding day, like I think I'm very low on the priority list of like people who are important to spend time with. Like there are many more people above me who are really important to spend time with. I have a very important job, but I don't want my couples to spend a lot of time with me. So what I say is like I schedule my my time with my couples. So maybe it's 
maybe it's two hours and that's a half hour for family formals, a half hour with uh, the wedding party um, and then an hour with the couple. So maybe that's like an ideal for me. Um, Maybe it's less than that. It's, but it really comes down to at least setting aside some time for this very important day to have photographs of the two of you at the official start of your lives together. You know, some couples uh, and some photographers might say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to just have an hour for wedding, uh, family formals for the uh, wedding party. And then just a, like a, maybe a half hour or 20 minutes of just your portraits of the two of you. But then later in the evening, um, we want to find out when that sunset time is. And we're going to go outside during that and create something really beautiful, really unique of like the sunset or, um, when that light's really pretty it, but it just really comes down to just setting aside a little bit of time to create these photos of the two of you at this start of your lives together at this special time. And I think what um where the regret comes in here is when you're planning your day and your photographer you talk with your photographer and they say you know what i want an hour and a half to knock out x y and z and you Mm -hmm. say "Mm, i think we're going to give them like 15 minutes that should be fine and when that day comes and go or when that day comes rather that that photographer now has suddenly has to work within that 15 minutes you get your photos back at the end of it all and go well gosh this isn't what i saw in their galleries or in their portfolio it's because you sort of went against the recommendation of what they need in order to provide you with the um the result you were expecting so Mm -hmm. i that's what it comes down to sort of talking with your photographer and working with them and trusting in them that Mm -hmm. what they're saying is going to produce what they are capable of and if you try and alter that then the results are are probably going to um if they're going to be affected by all of that that and that's not to say yeah totally and that's not to say that you can't give them more time if there's something Mm -hmm. that's important to you so for example uh last year i photographed a couple and that was about an hour outside of the city and they really wanted to do their first look where they met at drexel university so they spent three hours they blocked out three hours in the morning to leave, to get ready, to leave, drive an hour into the city, have a two-hour portrait session around the city and a couple of places that were really meaningful to them. And then we got lunch and drove an hour back out of the city. That was the most meaningful thing to them to be able to have photographs at a place that they met on their wedding day. Now, that's not for everybody. Some couples say, hey, we just want 10, 15, 20 minutes for this, 20 minutes for this, a half hour for this. That's what we want. We're good to go. But just Know that you can be in contact with your photographer and ask what's good for them and then also find a way to make it meaningful. And however long that takes, let it happen. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, your photographer is, isn't is a miracle worker to <laughs> right. uh, a complete extent. So in your case, Dan, that couple got up earlier than they normally would have to make right. time to travel, yeah. to go out and do it early. They weren't saying, well, we want to do this, but we also don't want to start hair and makeup until 2 p.m. You right. know what I mean? There, there was some compromises in play because right. they wanted to focus on their priority, which was spending that time together with yep. you. That's strange. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was ambitious. That's for sure. It um, was. And they made it happen. Uh, you know, that's what I'm just using as an example that like, mm-hmm. you know, you can do really whatever you want as long as everybody um, understands the plan and it doesn't yes. like completely derail this entire day. Uh, right. I know and it some, needs to be realistic. Yeah, that's for sure. I know some of the people, you know, around their wedding thought that was a little crazy. But to this day, she they just they just eat up those pictures and they love it. 
Right. Well, and they also probably had the memories to go along with it, too. So yeah. um, in an effort to keep this episode moving along, on to <laughs> number five. Um, this is one I'm also really passionate about is not setting aside time to just breathe on your wedding yeah. t- on your wedding day or, or what I call buffer time. So in in that case, Dan, um, if it took an hour to travel and then you had like an hour for portraits and an hour to come back or whatever it was mm-hmm. in that when you are planning all these things, when you wake up on your wedding day. As much as we all want every little thing to fall into place perfectly, there are going to be things, as we said before, that are going to be sort of thrown at you in little hiccups. Um, And hopefully your coordinator, if you have one, will shield most of that. But there are still things that can happen. And there is, I am a huge advocate for planning little pockets of time throughout your day where um, if your travel time is 15 minutes, make it you know, figure in 25 minutes. If you're if you're planning to do 15 minutes worth of photos, plan for 20, 25 minutes worth of photos, whatever it is so that you have these little pockets of time where you're not rushing immediately from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Think yep. about the last day you had, um, whether it was at work or just in your personal life, where from the moment you woke up to the moment you went to bed, every single minute of your day was scheduled top to bottom. It's exhausting, you guys. Yep. Trust me, it is beyond exhausting and if you've just figured in a little bit of time to just stop and eat maybe use the restroom (laughs) you know we do have to do that even on a wedding day you will have to pee possibly number two as well so just keep in mind that these things are going to happen and if you leave those pockets of time that when you get behind on say hair and makeup or if the guys are golfing in the morning if your tea time runs a little longer than you expected it's okay you've built in this buffer time so no one has to panic no one has to freak out no one has to rush it's all good you'll make up the time either later in the next buffer time or you're, you're already good and you're already back on track so I'm going to add something to the the opposite side of that, like aside from the buffer time, which is having a wedding day timeout. And I'm trying to make this like a thing. I don't know if you saw my post about this. Um, so like you said, we schedule like every single part of the day and you're moving from like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So in May, I photographed this couple um, and their ceremony was incredibly important to them. It like it held this huge weight for them. And afterwards they, they built in about 20 minutes completely on the other side of the property to just soak in this, the, the weight of this moment for them. So they literally walked down the aisle. It was an outdoor ceremony. They walked down the aisle across this field and then went over to, um, this, this, really beautiful like it was kind of a historic building it was a historic farm area and they sat on the back of this porch and just looked out over this field for 20 minutes and they worked it in with the um the caterer that the caterer brought over like a little plate of food and they just sat and they like hugged and they they held hands and they kissed a little bit and then they cried and they just hugged and i could tell like like I, in their planning, I, I spoke with them about this and how important this, this was for them to set aside this little time out. Um, and I asked if I could photograph it and they said, yeah, sure. And I, I was able to photograph it and they saw me for a little bit. Then I stepped away and you could just tell that they were just completely wrapped up in the moment and how, how refreshed they were walking back and how just elated they were. Like, I think they really let it sink in and how, how much happier they were after they were allowed to just take a little bit of time for themselves on this day that usually that really is for a lot of other people. There's a lot of traditions and opinions involved and a lot of, you know, it affects a lot of people, but they had the wherewithal and the foresight to really just take this little bit of time for themselves 
and build it into their timeline. So I would say if every couple can just can just find a little bit of time for themselves, um, that will really solidify how important this day is for you. Mm-hmm. You want to know for me and in, in my experience, one of the best times to to plan for that little pocket of time, in my opinion, is right at the end of cocktail hour when Mm. all of your guests are working on finding their seat um, for dinner. Your wedding party is getting lined up for, you know, if you're introducing everybody in at that moment, that's a perfect 10, at least 10 minute window where you can sneak away because chances are if you're in the room as the couple, um, guests don't want to take their seat. But if you if you're gone, guests think you're already in the room. So that's where they're going to start heading to. But if that's, <laughs> that's a great window of time. I've actually we just started doing that with some of our couples where we say like, get out of here. Um, go go spend some time together. I will come get you when it's time for you to be introduced. And yep. and by that point, we already have everybody lined up all the guests have taken their seat and they just come out and we're ready to introduce them. And it's perfect. So if you're looking for like, oh, gosh, I don't know when we could possibly do that. It's a great time because the guests are busy doing something else. Your wedding party is doing something else. There's no photographs being taken. It's a perfect, perfect chance. I think in in traditional Jewish ceremonies, it's called, they have this thing immediately right after the ceremony called the Yuhid, where like the couple literally just gets locked away. And a lot of times they have somebody guarding the door so nobody goes in there. And I just think it's so great um, that the couple just like sets aside this little bit of time to go connect and talk about their wedding and, and catch up from the morning and just spend time thinking about how important this moment is that they're actually married now. So, Dan, you know what that time is technically I do, and I was going right? to skip over. Yes, it, it's to make the <laughs> marriage official. It's a official. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so speaking of after the, the, the wedding and what's supposed to happen on a wedding night, I want to talk about <laughs> wedding regret number six, um, which is not planning for after the wedding. And we don't mean the uh, night of as much as we mean the cleanup of the actual mm-hmm. wedding. So depending on your venue, you may or may not be responsible for things like breaking down tables and chairs, linens, putting, putting, you know, getting your decor out of there. Some venues you have to do it that night. Some venues you can wait until the, the next day or so, but make sure you have a plan and please don't put that plan all on your back. Um, you, after an entire day of celebrating and dancing and partying and all these emotions, you are going to be exhausted. And trust me when I say you do not want to be cleaning up, uh, like garbage and chairs and breaking down tables in a ball gown and a tuxedo. It ain't cute. (laughs) Well, it is kind of cute, but you you don't want to be doing it. Please don't assign that task to your wedding party because they will bail. I've seen it time and time again where the couple says, no, no, our friends are going to stay and help us. And at the end of the day, they've all been drinking all day and they bail, you guys. So Try to have a plan in place. Assign someone if you have to do it yourselves. That's a perfect place for a coordinator to come into play. Make yep. sure they're clear on that, obviously, before you work with them. But but yeah, um, it's a huge thing. And also think about like what does need to leave that night? Who's taking it? Your gifts, yep. your cards, um, your important, valuable things. Make sure you have a plan for who's taking those things that night. Figure it out in advance. That day, you just roll. Perfect. And actually, wedding regret number seven also talks about a plan, and that is for having a good rain plan, right? Yes. Um, so uh, have a plan B, have a plan C, and if you want to hear a little bit more about like some crazy stories and how couples handled it, check out the bad weather episode that we had, which was uh, episode four. So go to puttaringonapodcast.com slash zero, zero, four. Um, the more you talk about the rain plan, this is one of the things that Daniel and I like to say, is that the more you plan for it and the more you really think about it, the less you're going to need it. Um mm-hmm. 
don't forget things like what happens with photos and what happens with transportation. And worst case scenario, just invest in a good, clear umbrella or a good white umbrella or a good black umbrella. Do you like what do you like most? For me, I never saw the appeal of a clear umbrella until um, I bought one and started using it. I just think it's like I I love a good clear umbrella. Um, I love I love. (laughs) Come on, Danielle. I love a good clear umbrella. Boom. Nailed it. (laughs) The most important thing to remember if you're going to buy an umbrella is just get a clean one, like no logos, no crazy uh, tops, no um, like crazy multicolors unless it fits your wedding. Unless, yeah, Um, exactly. uh, No, yeah, no like writing or anything, just solid color. Nothing to distract from. You want it to serve a purpose, add to it, but not distract. Boom. Nailed it. All right. Number eight. You know, this is an important one. Um, Yeah. Because I think that this is one of the things that can often distract couples from the meaning of the day, and that's the little things, right? Don't don't get distracted by the little things and cause them to grow into big things and fight over them. They're just little things. Don't fight over the little things. Yes, exactly. So by nature, weddings are emotional, and planning a huge event when you you know you haven't really done so before can be incredible incredibly stressful and overwhelming. It's mm. it's what it is. But don't confuse the stress of of planning an event with the foundation of your relationship. Yep. They are two separate things. You're planning an event and that's stressful and that's yep. okay. But that stress has nothing to do with your relationship and you have to really try hard not to let those not to let them mesh together in your head and have them become one big right. um one big scary animal monster furry thing in your head. Yeah, know know that you will disagree on some things, but you know, just like any other time in your relationship, you know that you find a, a way to compromise while keeping each other's priorities in mind. Don't don't let the wedding day, which is a luxury, distract you from the purpose of that wedding day, which is to celebrate and have fun with your friends and family. That is the priority. That's it. Exactly. Um, And we've said it many, many times before, but communication is so key. Keeping that communication, the lines of communication open, not just with each other. And honestly, this regret goes down to not just between you and your partner. It's also you and your mom, you and your sister, you and your cousin, whoever's whoever's along for the journey with you. Like, and dad, it's it's so easy to butt heads. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, dad. Exactly. Like dads sometimes can have a really big opinion on things like entertainment or transportation. And and you have to step back and say, well, gosh, why does this person have such a big opinion on it what does that mean to them what does it mean to me is it worth compromising on and and going from there but i think it always comes down to just staying respectful you guys it's don't down talk or make fun of of your partner's style of planning or their choices if they are a list person and they need a binder support that don't knock it you know i think those those little those little digs sometimes can really add up and that's what ends up making those you know, the having those little things turn into suddenly much bigger things down the line. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to work together, right? Like even if maybe something is not a priority to one of the two of you, still, if it's a priority to the uh, your significant other, to your partner – still helping them out with that. Like, don't just blow it off and say, oh, you know, whatever, and just, and just you know, wash your hands and walk away from the situation. Still be invested in it. Still, like, find a way to help them, you know, because it, it's both of your day, and the, the burden of 
planning this whole entire thing. And I don't, I use burden loosely, but like it should not fall onto one person's shoulders, you know? Right. Very much so. Regardless of stereotype and, and all this BS that surrounds weddings, it's, it's the two of you getting married and it's about your friends and your family coming together. And it, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Number nine. This is kind of a fun one. <laughs> it can yeah, lead especially to some considering things. our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking too much. Number nine. Yeah, set a limit. Yeah. Set a limit for yourself. Well, let me step back. You know yourself better than we do, obviously. Um, we, we can't claim to know everything about everybody on this planet, but it's your wedding day. You are going to, or someone is going to be investing a good chunk of change on this day for you. And I feel as though you should remember it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good a good thing to be able to remember and say, wow, that day was amazing. Um, yeah. And that's not to say you can't drink, but just um, maybe drink a little extra water while you're at it, too. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, set yep. a limit. You know, you've you've I'm sure you've you're going to have some drinks. You've had some drinks before. So set a limit based on your tolerance for drinks or just opt for al- non-alcoholic drinks throughout the day. Um, you know, maybe that's a good excuse to create a fun non-alcoholic signature drink um exactly you know so you don't have to worry about forgetting the rest of the day (laughs) yeah and and for those of us that um are are very concerned about what other people think and all that you can always make a good uh soda or you know non-alcoholic drink look like a cocktail if you absolutely need it to (laughs) right so like if if it comes down to that you can fake it really easily um so don't don't even think about that nobody really cares but uh but yeah i think that's a big one oh and you know what uh number 10 kind of leads right into that because if you have too much liquid and not enough food in your belly that's also a recipe for disaster um Actually, if you just don't have enough food in your belly, that's a really a recipe for disaster. So te- number 10 is not taking a minute to actually eat. Food is energy, right? And, and and not just dinner. No, not just dinner. Little munchies throughout the day. Make sure you plan to have a nice little lunch, um, have some breakfast, have snacks throughout the day, especially if you need, know that you need to like, you know, keep yourself going. You know, your wedding is going to take a lot of energy out of you. So food is energy. Keep yourself energized. Make sure you stay well hydrated with water. Um, but you really just need to make sure that you're eating. Mm-hmm. And what I found is there's a certain amount of adrenaline that starts going through us on these big event days. And um, for some of us, that makes us more hungry. For some of us, it almost makes us lose our appetite. That said, you cannot um, rely on your stomach that day to say, hey, uh, person up there, we're hungry. You need to feed us now. Plan out in advance. Make sure there's a plan that there's going to be food there because if food's there, you'll eat it. Mm-hmm. If food's not there and it's a it's it's a hurdle to try and figure out, well, we don't really have time to stop. We can't really bring anything in. Ah, I'll be fine. I'll yep. just eat later. It will catch up with you. Yes, it will. And it's, it's not a good idea, you guys. No. It's not a good idea. I see a lot of couples skip dinner. Um, oh, it kills me. I know. I, what? They skip dinner to like walk around to tables or or talk to people or whatever. And I get that. Like it's important to, you know, say hi to all the people who are coming to your reception and and share how much it means for you them to be there. But just sit down, take 10, 15 minutes, connect with your significant other, talk to them about the morning, talk to them about how excited they are for this day and how excited they are to, you know, party on the dance floor. Do that while you're eating. 10, 15 minutes, just sit while you're eating, and I promise it's worth it, and I promise that your guests will completely understand you taking a little time for yourselves. 
And if you do want to go around to tables, I still suggest sitting and eating first and then make your rounds or talk with your maitre d' or whoever's in charge of the food about when would be the best time to do it. There might be a lull between your first and second course. Maybe that's a good time, whatever it is. But um, make yourself a little bit of a priority in terms of health and sustenance because you're worth that. And and that's that's important because if not, it's going to hit you really hard um, at the end of the night and no bueno. You know what? And if you're really worried about time um, and that's why you're not eating, I, I have to suggest, uh, Danielle and I both have to suggest the hybrid method of table visits. So the unspoken rule is that if you have a receiving line, you don't have to do table visits. And if you do table visits, you don't have to do a receiving line. But visiting tables can take up an awful lot of time. Now, what I've found is that people of the younger generation uh, don't necessarily, it doesn't matter as much to them that you visit them at their table because you absolutely know that you're going to see them on the dance floor. Right. Um, but the older generation, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, uh, they, that's important to them. It's, it's a a, a courtesy that you're coming around to them. They have traveled. It's something they, they want to see. So the hybrid method is just going during dinner and visiting those important tables, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles of that generation who would matter. And then just spending uh, time seeing everybody on the dance floor that, you know, your friends in, uh, you know, the younger generation on the dance floor. I also want to add too, if you are going around two tables, we're getting a little off topic here, but I just wanted to add it. Um, if you're going around two tables, go around to the tables together. Yeah. Um, And that also leads into number 11, which is not properly thanking your parents or or whoever is hosting the wedding itself. Um, Whether financially or not your parents are hosting, uh, that sometimes comes down to a tricky, tricky, uh, a tricky line, I guess. But I still think it's so important to thank your parents Mm -hmm. for all that they've done, for all that they've given you, not just for the wedding, just throughout your life. I think recognizing them because while your wedding day is such a huge day for you in your life, trust me when I say it is a huge day as well for your parents because they've thought about this day for a long time. They're, they're probably just as anxious as you. Um, you know, they have all these friends and family coming in as well. And proud of you. It's a, they're so proud of you. They're mm-hmm. happy for you. And I think just taking a moment to just recognize them um, and 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 give them a nice gesture of a, of a gift. And it doesn't need to be a huge gift. It doesn't need to be uh, a physical whatever. Maybe, um, you know, there's, there's little things. I think it just needs to come from the heart. It needs to be thoughtful. And I think that that is something that they will treasure. I promise you for a lifetime. And I think when we get all wrapped up in the wedding planning of things, we sort of forget to um, to step back and, and recognize that. But that's one of those really little things that will go a very long way yeah. um, in your family, Grat- in my opinion. Gratitude goes a long way. That's for sure. A little kindness, yes. a little gratitude. And you can, you can mention it if you do a toast. Just mention your parents in the toast. Like um, that, that will go over really well. That's for sure. Dan and I are both... Uh, I would consider us both to be lucky in that we have very wonderful parents in our life. Um, I think when we say parents, we mean those people in our life who have made us into the people we are. In your case, it might be a grandparent um, or a step parent or a, or just um, a a great, great person in your life. And I think um, when we say, 
uh, to recognize them, that's what we mean. We don't necessarily, like, if you have a craptastic parent, then maybe you don't want to recognize right, them. Right, But it, it comes down to what works for you. Yeah, of course, this, you know, everything we say goes, you know, take it with a grain of salt and, and modify it to whatever fits your needs and your unique family situation. Um, right. So something completely different for number 12, which is talking about the wedding and the honeymoon. Um, and that is leaving a little bit of time between them. Uh, so first thing is that I've seen many couples who literally left their reception at 10 or 11, got home or got to their hotel, you know, partied with, you know, their rest of their friends and family until two and then had to wake up or didn't even go to sleep for a 5 a.m. flight or had to wake up at 5 a.m. for like an eight o'clock flight, get to the airport or whatever. Um, that's that's a lot on your plate. Um, if at the very least you say like we want to take one day off or two days off and leave on like Monday afternoon, that'll give you some time to count all the money in the cards, get all the checks and deposit <laughs> it in the bank. There you go. A little time for that. <laughs> Make sure you wait until a business day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, just just think about the last time you went on vacation, guys, and think of all the tasks and to do's you had leading up until that vacation. Yep. It's it's no different for a honeymoon. You're still going to have to pack, well, I, unless you could just hire someone to pack for you, but I wouldn't want to do that. Anyway, it's <laughs> there's a lot to do, and I think putting all of that on your shoulders on top of having to be uh, in the spotlight on your wedding day is a lot. And I think if you give yourself that time, it's a great buffer. And also, it gives you something to be excited for yeah. without not being able to focus on what you're currently doing at that moment. Let's just stay in the moment. That's Extend it. the wedding experience a little bit, right? Um, so say if your wedding's on a Saturday, um, you have that whole entire wedding day, and then maybe the next day you do a brunch or a little lunch with everybody who's still in town. Uh, so you've got that. And then maybe you head back home. You have a little bit of a, a little bit of downtime to just connect with each other and talk and get a little bit planned. And then maybe you leave Monday or Tuesday um, and you have a little bit of time to, you know, uh, just downtime to extend the experience. You have time to actually make it a bank deposit if you need to. Um, and then you're ready to go and get refreshed and the excitement continues. Mm -hmm. And I have a few couples who have done mini moons after their wedding and then planned a honeymoon for months uh, later yep. because either the timing wasn't right for where they wanted to go, whatever it was. So they did just a little like getaway trip, even if it was just a road trip um, for two or three days after the wedding to sort of get away, soak it in before they had to, you know, get right back to work. Yeah. Uh, that's always also an option, too. Yeah. Okay. Number 13. Lucky number almost 13. Almost there, guys. Yeah, almost there. Yeah. Hang in there. Um, <clears throat> so, number 13, regret inviting more people than was needed slash wanted to come to the wedding itself. Um, I think it's always safe to say as a good rule of thumb, please, please, please do not invite more people than your venue can hold, regardless of statistics on how many guests typically don't show. Like if you read a thing that says, oh, well, you know, 30% of guests don't, you know, typically RSVP, no, uh, please don't go off of that <laughs> because it does not matter what statistics show because your family and your wedding date and your location and all these different things become a factor. And if you invite more people than your venue can hold and those all those people show up, you are screwed. <laughs> screwed, you guys. Um, and, God. and I really ask before you start sending out save the dates or invitations, um, save the dates usually go out 
around a year or so before the actual wedding itself. And once you send those save the dates, you can't take it back. Right. Really sit there and think about what you can afford, what you want, what kind of what kind of party you want to have. There is nothing wrong with having a small intimate wedding with 20 people there. There is yep. nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make it any less of a wedding, any less of a marriage. It still a wedding and it's still it's still the start of your marriage so really think about that and try not to let others dictate it though i know that's hard sometimes too you know and if you have parents who are involved or have a heavy hand and who wants to get invited make sure to have a talk with them early on about your priorities so even if that means setting you know clear guidelines for you know how many people they can invite you know if you've got friends that you like have a whole list of and then you say to your parents okay we're gonna we know we're gonna invite these people these are the aunts and uncles we're gonna invite you have x amount of people to invite outside of our family circle maybe it's some college friends or it's just a family friend you can have them you can give them a list of uh x amount of people that they're allowed to invite as well how's that sound yeah that sounds good and i think it should go without saying though i still feel it's worth saying is please don't invite people just for the gifts right um (laughs) it's just not okay you guys it's not a good reason and it's not okay So if I can just distill this down to one line, it's don't let anybody talk you into having a big wedding if you don't want one. Just because they say, oh, well, we need to invite this person. We need to invite this person. No, it's whoever you want to invite. Exactly. And with every guest, the guest list determines the budget. So the bigger the guest list, the bigger bigger the budget you're going to need. Yep. All right. Number 14. Two more to go. Number 14. Wedding, wedding regret. I can say it well now. Wedding regret. Too many DIY projects. Thank you, Pinterest. <sighs> DIY projects are not the purpose of your wedding. Just so you know that. Let me just be very yes. blunt and clear. Planning your wedding is not the purpose of the wedding. It should be not be the thing you are most excited about. Right. If you are good at DIYing and you are an artsy crafts artsy craftsy little fartsy wartsy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah, thanks. Um fine. That's a reflection of you then. That's that personality is going to show through your wedding and that makes sense to me. If you are not an artsy fartsy crafty wapsy whatever I said before, please do not DIY your wedding because you will get frustrated, you will get mad, you'll end up with ugly decorations. I mean, no, they're cute. I promise. They're no, really. They're really really cute. But nope, they're ugly. So it's just what it comes down to. And then you're going to have all that time and money wasted when you just shouldn't have gone that route in the first place. So, if you are doing, I feel like I'm yelling now. If you're doing if you're going to do a DIY project, make sure it's something you can do well in advance of your wedding day. Don't put that DIY project to something that has to be done the day of, the day before, the week of, or two weeks before your wedding day itself. Please. It will be so much harder for a task. It'll be so much easier to accomplish when the wedding is still months away. Get all your friends together, drink some beer, drink some wine, make a fun little whatever out of it. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself for it. But if you don't believe me, just Google Pinterest fails and you will see all the bizarre things that have come out of DIY projects. Yeah. Let me reframe my statement from before. If DIYing things is really important to you and you love doing it, do it. Of course, do it. Um, I'm just saying that don't let that take over the purpose uh, and your drive and what you're excited about for the wedding day. Um, exactly. Like seeing it all together come together is like is definitely a moment that I think a lot of couples really like when they see their reception room 
um, if venues do this, where they'll pull you into the reception room just for like a you know minute or two to show you what it looks like without anybody in there. That can be really cool. That's that's really nice to see it all come together. But just remember that like the purpose of this day is joy. That should be the focus. And if you're thinking that mm-hmm. like about the photographs and how you want those pictures of it, laughter and tears are what make great pictures. Those are the pictures that you're going to remember. Those are the pictures that are going to be filling your album. Because in 30 years Mm -hmm. from now, which is going to hold more weight? Um, Photographs of the two of you lost in your own little world, loving on each other, or your friends and family laughing, crying, cheering, toasting, um, and all these people who are there to support you, or um, your centerpieces? Right. Ooh, way to hate on the centerpieces, Dan. And I think, too, if you have have this feeling like um you know say you have a ring bearer and you go to michael's and they have those like white ring bearer pillows that you know with the little ribbon on it that you can attach it to and you're like oh that's gross i don't want that for my wedding i want something meaningful i want something handmade yeah you don't have to hand make it there are wonderful sites out there like etsy um that you can go on there and still get something that's meaningful and handmade and and doesn't feel like a um like a cheap cop-out type thing. Not that that Michael's is a cheap cop-out. They have great options, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, you can still get that without feeling like you have to make it yourself. It's still special if somebody else makes it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay, cool. Last one. Last one. Number 15. We made it. Yeah. Well, we're done with this one. We made it. All right. Anyway, um, number 15. Yay. Uh, It's a good one. Hiring your wedding professionals before doing proper research. Um, You are essentially creating a team of people who are going to take care of you on your wedding day. Uh, And Danielle and I come from this perspective that like you should get the warm and fuzzies from your wedding professionals. You should get the warm and fuzzies from like connecting with them. If it's a photographer, you should like their pictures, obviously, but you should also like them as a person because they're potentially going to spend a really long time with you. Eight, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours with a single person with uh, a camera in your face. Um, and if you really want to like pick this apart and and hear more about what we have to say about how to pick your wedding professionals, go to episode three, put it on a podcast.com slash zero zero three. Um, just make sure you're just over the moon about the person that you're hiring and who they're going to be and that you're comfortable with them when your wedding day rolls around. So what it comes down to is you don't want to necessarily take forever to make a decision about who you're going to work with, but you really should do your due diligence before hiring a wedding pro, especially if it's someone that you're not necessarily over the moon about when it comes to their product or service that they're providing. So um, I I know for very firsthand example, one of my clients that I'm working with, who I love and adore so much, um, they were in the process of trying to figure out what DJ they wanted to go with. And they, um, I sent them a few recommendations and they narrowed it down and they actually met with one and really liked them thought it was a good fit the price was right everything that was included was great and they're like yeah I think this is good and then the next day they had an appointment scheduled with another DJ and they wrote me an email saying like should we just cancel that because I think we're good we found this person and we like them and and all is well and I was like well you know you already have the appointment scheduled it's for today you know it's 
if you've got time for it, let's let's still stick with it and see what happens. And they ended up being like so ecstatic and over the moon about the second DJ that they talked to that they were so happy that they kept that appointment and just waited a little bit longer. They did go back and forth on like some like pricing and, and little things here and there, but they ended up really loving the second DJ. And it's all just because they didn't just jump into a decision that was like, well, that works. We'll just do that. Yeah. They sort of waited it out a little bit more and and made sure that it was the right fit and actually found something that was an even better fit in the process. It just does kind of stink a little bit to uh, have somebody cancel on you like the day or day before when you've set aside that time already. That's all. It's just a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So to wrap up this episode, I just want to like shoot through the list really quick. Dan, we'll alternate back and forth. Oh, boy. This is going to be good. All right. How fast can we do this? Ready? Set. Go. Wait. 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 Do we go on go or do we go just after? (laughs) Uh, Do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, you start. Okay, I'll start. Ready? Set. Go. All right. Number one, not having a day of coordinator. Number two, not having a videographer. Number three, overspending on things that did not matter. You're not going fast enough. Number four, not setting time for photos. Setting aside time for photos. (laughs) Number five, not setting enough. Not. Oh, now I'm screwing up. Not setting aside time to breathe or buffer time. Number six, not planning for after the wedding. Hashtag cleanup. Yep. Not number seven, not having a good rain plan. Number eight, fighting over the little things. Number nine, drinking too much. Number ten, not taking a minute to actually eat. Number eleven, not thanking your parents. And number twelve, leaving some time between the wedding and the honeymoon. Number 13, inviting more people than you actually wanted to. Number 14, too many DIY projects. And finally, number 15, hiring wedding pros before doing proper research. That was not fast at all. We should, I shouldn't have even said that, that we should have done it fast. We could have done it fast. Well, you set us up for failure. That was great. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, check out the Put a Ring on a Podcast.com website uh, for show notes uh, and get updates on season three. Yep, and special thanks as always to our sponsor for the season, the Naughty Taiko, which offers those custom ties, bow ties, and pocket squares. Make sure you send us your wedding story at 267-521-2686 or visit putaringonapodcast.com slash contact. Also, we're looking for uh, questions to answer for our upcoming season three Q&A episode. So send us those by, by just heading to the website or leaving us a message and we'll be happy to add you into season three's Q&A episode. <laughs> and you could also give us a like on Facebook to keep in touch, ask questions. That's a great place also to submit a question and get updates on season three. Also, I have to say, you guys, thank you for all of the love on iTunes. We have been receiving all of the reviews and the ratings that you've been sending and we are definitely feeling the love keep it coming we love you all and we are very excited to be back and to be finishing up season three thanks for joining us we'll see you in two weeks All right, all right, all right. Uh, what's Beethoven's favorite fruit? What? A uh, banana. <laughs> oh, I really like that one. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. I like that one. <laughs>